Thank you for listening and subscribing to the Anchor Church podcast. It is our desire at the Anchor to provide a place for you to know God, find freedom, discover your God-given purpose, and ultimately make a difference in the world around you. Each week, the Anchor podcast features Sunday sermon. You can follow along in this podcast episode and read the sermon notes on our website by visiting theanchor.me. Now, let's get into the Word. Good morning, church. All right, so let's jump into the Word this morning. All right. Now, a little over two months ago, I was looking uh, on the calendar as I was uh, preparing today's message, and I realized that the series that we started, Foundations, uh, Building Blocks, right, of the Faith, we've been in that now uh, off and on uh, for a little over two months And at that time, for those of you who were there for the very first sermon in that series, Pastor Quentin made a statement that he felt the Lord telling him after realizing that obviously here in the Anchor family, between the different services, you know, all of us together who make up this body of believers, that we have those in the body that have been here for a very long time, and we have people who have just recently started coming, and we have kind of everybody in between. But amongst all of us, We are all at different levels in our faith walk with Christ. And it was at that time as he was thinking about that that he felt the Lord tell him, the Lord spoke to him and said, there are those who are trying to hang shutters before the foundation is laid. That's what he felt the Lord was telling him. Quentin, they're trying to put up the shutters on the house before they've even laid the foundation. And God spoke very clear to him. And so as such, he led him to a passage of Scripture. And we have been going on in that for the last number of weeks. All right? It was at that point that that sermon series started. And I want to encourage you, if you have missed any of them, please head over to the podcast and check them out. They're all up there. right? And uh, so basically what we have been doing is we have been walking through the basics and the foundations of Christian faith and principles. Now, you know, we've obviously had a few pauses with guest speakers and such, but like I said before, if you've missed any of them, be sure to go check out the podcast. They're all there. And what you'll see is that we've been taking our time and we have been laying a foundation for many. And for others, we've been shoring up the foundations that are there, right? But this morning, I want to make a Captain Obvious statement. And that is that at some point, very soon, this series is going to come to an end. Shocker. Yeah, I know. But the question to ask ourselves after that is, then what? What are we going to do with the foundation that has been laid? The answer is we must keep going, right? We must keep pressing on into what he's been building and what he's been doing and establishing in our lives. And so, you know, on that note, in the addition to the foundation series, recently Pastor Chris shared a message with us entitled, How We Grow. And in that message, he gave us some great how-tos on growing in Christ, some very practical things that we can do with the foundation that God has given us. That's also in the podcast, so be sure to check that one out. The point being is that we have been given fuel God has given us fuel to put in our tank to help us go, not just take it in and do nothing with it, right? Because let's go to that illustration. Once a foundation is laid, they don't go, well, you know, man, that's some nice dirt and concrete and earthwork. It, um, you know, looks like all my hard work is paid off and I'm done. Guess I'm just going to grab myself a lazy boy and I'm going to drag it out on this here slab, get an extension cord, pull up my TV, kick back, and eat my celebratory dinner, which incidentally has been cooking in my neighbor's kitchen. 
because I don't have one, but clearly my job here is done, right? No, of course that's not the way it happens. After the foundation comes the rest of the building, the walls, the roof, the shingles, plumbing, electrical, flooring, windows, then those shutters that Pastor Quentin talked about, right? All to go along with the things that come as we continue, we'll make forward progress. But you know what else? Once we finish that building, does the work stop there? No, it still doesn't. It continues on. When someone finishes building a home for themselves, you know, they don't grab their camera, stand in front of it, take a selfie and post it on social media with the hashtag, I'm so blessed, and then go curl up in their car for a good night's sleep because they don't want to dirty their brand new house. Of course not. That's not the way it goes either. What do we do? We move into that house. We put in furniture. What do we do? We make a life in that home. We begin to live inside that home. And as we make a life in that home, we sustain that home that we're in. You know, you fix things that break, right? You clean up messes. Anybody ever had an appliance that broke or a window that got shattered, right? You, you make improvements on the home as you go along, you know, different things. You, you touch up paint, right? We've been having that go on in our own home this week, Right? The house that we've been living in, right after we moved in, my wife decided that, you know, the, the color in the living room, it wasn't her favorite, so we were going to paint it. And, uh, you know, so we moved everything around in the living room, and we got about .75 coats on that whole living room before we had to reassemble it because we had company coming over. That was three years ago. So this week, my wife decided that some of those areas needed to be touched up, and uh, she was doing just that, right? And, uh, and you know, I... Um, I get a phone call, and I missed it, and when I called back, uh, you know, Asher picked up the phone, and something to the effect of, it's okay, Dad. Y you know, you never want to hear a conversation start that way. Um, come to find out what Sarah had been standing on, painting a, a piece of door trim. It, uh, it fell out from under her, and, and she fell on top of it. But to my wife's credit, how awesome she is, the cup of paint that she had in her hands, as she fell, she did not lose that cup of paint. She held on to it. Now, that's not to say that as she slammed into the ground that all the paint was inside the cup didn't decide to go up and over everything. I'm not going to say that happened. I'm not going to say it didn't happen. The point I'm making is there are messes that we need to clean up in our house. There are things we need to do in our home. Why? Because once we've lived and once we've moved into a home, the point that we're trying to make here is we don't neglect our home just because the foundation and the structures were finished. In the same way, in our salvation that God has given us, he's, he's come and he's made a home in us. He's given us a new life. He's made us a new creation. He's made a new building with us, and he's given us his word to help sustain us and to help us walk each day because it's not just a set it and forget it kind of thing when we come to the Lord, amen? Hebrews chapter 2, verses 1 through 3 say this. Therefore, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. For since the message declared by angels proved to be reliable, and every transgression or disobedience received a just retribution, how shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? Now, the writer of Hebrews here was challenging the believers to pay close attention. I'm going to use the word attend, to attend to what they had been given. Why? So that they wouldn't, as verse 1 said, drift 
from it, all right? Now, the image when we hear that, and that we probably get in verse 1, when we hear drift from it, we're talking about the image of a boat, okay? Now, if a boat is not properly guided, it can drift from where it's supposed to be heading. Last week, as I said before, I was out of town with my family for a quick getaway, and during that week, I found myself sitting by a, a beautiful lake, and while I was there, I noticed a boat that was just a ways off from the pier where I was sitting. And as I stayed there a bit longer because I was you know, praying and just spending time with God, I realized that there were parts of the boat I had not noticed in my first looks at it. Does it make sense? The longer I was there, the longer the boat was there, the more that I noticed in the boat. This is because the boat, as I said, was anchored just a ways off the pier, and it was drifting around the point where it was anchored, okay? So it was anchored to a point, and it was drifting around that point. Now, I'm going to come back to that in a little bit. Keep that in your mind. I'm going to come back to that later. Now, however, not unlike the foundation illustration, okay, talking about a boat, all right, when you have a ship or a boat or a vessel, by a show of hands, how many of you in here have a boat? All right, good. We have a number of you guys. When you have a boat, just like the house, if you have something, okay, you don't put it in a dock and never use it, right? Now, clearly we understand up here in Maine, our window for using our boats are a lot smaller than the rest of the country. But as Pastor Brian says, God bless America. And we do what we can with the time that we even have, right? But clearly, if we have something, we don't put it up, we don't cover it, and we don't say, man, that's a beautiful boat that I'm never going to use, right? We put it out in the water. We go, we go in it. We have an aim. We have a destination. But just like what we're saying here, living in the home and making a life in the home, many times when you're out on that boat, many times when we're out on a vessel, things can happen and you realize that something is going wrong that needs to be attended to immediately by those same people that raise their hands. Can anybody understand what I'm talking about when you're out on the water where something has happened and you know you need to attend to that right now? Ah, we'll just push it a little longer. That knocking probably doesn't mean anything. We'll be fine, right? No, you have to come to a stop, and there are times where you have to come full stop, and you have to attend to that, okay? And so it is, what happens when you make that determination and you try to take a look at what's going on, if it's determined that it's going to take longer and you're going to have to be there for some time, then what can happen, it can become necessary to drop an anchor. Why? So that one, the boat comes to a full stop and it becomes a little more steady, becomes a little more stable, and also so that you can stay there and work and not drift away from where you ought to be. And so it is for us in our walks with Christ. As we grow and as we progress, living from day to day, there's going to be times where we may find ourselves having to drop an anchor in need to attend to something. Now, as on a boat, the need to drop an anchor could be for many reasons. We're going to put them up here on the screen. And this is not an exhaustive list. Of course, these are just some things. But I want you to think about how, as it applies to a boat, it can apply to your life. Okay, one of the first reasons could be emergency maintenance or repair. How many of you guys have ever, you know, had, you know, going in your life and all of a sudden you come to full stop because of an illness, either in yourself or in your family or an emergency that happens? The next thing could be taking shelter from impending bad weather or rough seas. Maybe you found yourself where there's a situation coming down the road. God, I know this is coming. God, I know that deadline is coming. God, I know that I'm about to walk into this situation. 
you know, in past, maybe you know this has caused me a lot of stress, and God, I know something's coming, and I don't know exactly how I'm going to handle it. What do I need to do? Another reason could be needing to rest. We've had many different sermons and, and, and points brought to us over the last year or so, Pastor Quentin bringing in the importance of recognizing when God wants us to go and when God wants us to take a rest. There are times to do that. He calls us to Sabbath. The next could be taking on or unloading passengers or cargo. How many of you realize there are going to be times in life where God's going to call you to offload something out of your life? Or in another sense, God may be calling you to take something on in your life, and you know he's saying about that, and you're like, God, i got to stop for a moment. i got to realize, Lord, I need to unload this, but I'm not sure if I want to. Lord, I know you want me to take this on, but I'm not sure if I want to. God, I need you to bring some clarity to me on this. Another reason we may drop anchor is waiting for a specific time, such as tide changes or a weather window to open up for us. As we said earlier, God, this situation, this thing, I'm waiting for this. Lord, I'm here. I'm trying to attend. I want to hear from you. Whatever the reason we may find ourselves, as the phrase goes, at anchor, there are a few things we need to keep in mind as we are attending to the matters at hand. The first is this. We need to remember to keep watch. And the second thing is you need to remember it's meant to be temporary. It's meant to be temporary. An anchor is not meant to hold you in a place forever. It's meant as a temporary thing, all right? Now, I'm going to say more about that in a little bit, but I want to get back into Scripture for a second. So this week I've been reading from the book of Hebrews, and it's such an amazing book. The entire Bible is awesome, but just reading in Hebrews, there's just so much uh, just rich truth in there. But if I might for a few moments, as PQ says it, you know, walk the dog a little bit and um, go from where we started a few moments ago from the front of Hebrews and travel down the road a little bit. The writer's ultimate goal is to exhort the Hebrew believers who'd be reading this letter, to recognize that the salvation that we receive through Jesus is our only hope for living. Not only in this life, but also making sure that we live with him for eternity. Okay? Now, the believers are also encouraged throughout the letter to remember that while we live in this life, though we will face hardships and though we will face persecution for being a part of Jesus, we are encouraged to never give up because he has shown us through the ages that not only will he be with us, he will not neglect us. So as such, we head back to the opening of chapter 2. We are to attend, we are to attend to our life in Christ and not neglect it or we can find ourselves drifting from it. You know, think about this. What you neglect diminishes. And what you don't pay attention to changes Without you. How many of you ever had, you know, think about this. Maybe you've had a relationship in your life. You know, maybe it was like a, you know, a friend that you were, you know, tight with all through, you know, elementary school and up through high school. And it was that thing like, man, we're going to be together forever, man. We're going to college, life, you know, this is great. But then for some reason, life happens and you drift apart. And then for some reason, whether it's a Facebook message or a random phone call or whatever, you know, you connect. And then you realize, oh, my goodness, man, this, this other person has had a whole life lived without me being a part of it. Because the things that you don't pay attention to are still going to go through changes, but you're not there. And so as such, we can see that. What, the things that you neglect, maybe in your home, if you neglect something, if you fail to take care of something, it's not going to 
it's not going to spontaneously get better on its own. It's going to diminish. That's why God wants us to remember that. The things that we neglect diminish. The things that we don't pay attention to, they change without us. So as Hebrew continues, the writer speaks of the children of Israel, the ones that God delivered through Moses from the hand of the Egyptians. And he speaks of how there were those in the desert, once they were delivered out of Egypt, they chose not to follow or obey God, though he had showed himself faithful to them time and time again. How many of you guys have read the account in Exodus of the children in the desert, right? I encourage you to go read it. It's something really to take to heart. You have these people that God miraculously delivered through amazing, amazing things out of the hands of their oppressors in Egypt. And then when they were in the desert, God miraculously kept them while they were in that desert time. Forty years they had clothes that didn't wear out. How many of you guys have like a jacket you'd love that to be, you know, true of? Or a shirt or something. Yeah, God, I love this shirt. Now, you know, we may grow underneath it and that... No, the shirt's shrinking. That's right. No. Anyway, we want clothes that don't wear out. God fed them every morning. They woke up. It was food that they didn't have to make. Like God led them miraculously, right? Like proved without a doubt that he was God and he could be trusted. But yet there were these people that literally only saw what he did and they didn't let that go inside of them. The words that he spoke to them go in and change them and have them actually trust or be a part of them. It says their hearts were hardened and they rejected him. The relationship with God that they neglected began to diminish in their own lives. And as a result, they did not receive the promised rest that God had intended for them because they rejected him. So as he's saying that, the readers are then encouraged to hear and trust God's word, which he says this way in Hebrews 4, verse 12, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, and it goes on to say, discerning the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. God knew their hearts had become hardened. They were not with him. He knew there were those that had taken him in and their hearts were softened and they trusted him. And then he knew that there were those that only saw what he could do for them and they had no intention of being with him. Guys, listen, God knows our intentions. He knows our motives. We may be able to fool others. We might even at times be able to fool ourselves, but we can't fool God. He knows. That's why he instructs us to pay attention and to know his word and to know how his word is speaking to our lives so that we will not have hard hearts but ones that not only know of him, but know him and trust him. In that same chapter, Jesus is referred to as our high priest. A priest being someone who goes to God for the people. That's what Moses did for the children of Israel, and that's what Jesus does for us now. As we live our lives for Jesus, he goes to the Father for us, and that means that we can trust in him as we're paying attention and tending to these things, and he will help us because he knows exactly what it is to be like us because he came and was us. I feel somebody needs to hear that because it's times it can be like, well, you know, man, I'm just praying to Jesus and I'm just trusting, but I feel like he's this far off, far away God that, man, God, you just don't know what I'm going through. No, that's not true. 
Hebrews 4, 15 through 16 says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every aspect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So next after that, the readers are encouraged in chapters 5 and 6 to not simply stay in the basic foundation teachings as children, but to press on to greater maturity in their lives with Christ and to teach others what they have learned and grown into. Hebrews chapter 6 verses 11 through 12 says, Our great desire is that you will keep on loving others as long as life lasts in order to make certain that what you hope for will come true. Then you will not become spiritually dull and indifferent, Instead, you will follow the example of those who are going to inherit God's promises because of their faith and endurance. And that goes back to the very reference in chapter 2. We must attend to the salvation we've been given. Don't neglect it. Nurture it. Don't drift from it. Stay on course and bring others with you. Because there's more than we now know that he wants to show us as we press on towards the promises of Christ then as chapter 6 comes to a close, the writer speaks of those promises. Hebrews 6, 18 through 20. So God has given both his promise and his oath. Therefore, two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. Somebody say amen. Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. Verse 19. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary, and Jesus has already gone in there for us. Now, here's where I want to start steering us in the last part of today. We've been given foundations to build on, but we don't stop there. We launch from that point, and we press on, on towards the greater things he wants to show us and to do in us and through us. So, right, we've made that determination, right? And we, we've set off. Now, as we do this, there will be times where we encounter hardships, where we may encounter things that cause us to have to stop and pay closer attention to something, to drop an anchor and find steadiness while that happens. Now, I said earlier there were two things we need to keep in mind when that happens. The first was this, remember to keep watch, and the second is remember it's meant to be temporary. Preparing for this message, I looked into some of the points, the reasonings, the terms, etc., that go along with being at anchor, and one of those was the term anchor watch. Now, by a show of hands, how many of you know what the term anchor watch means? Okay, a few of you. All right, now, I'm not going to try and step out here and come against the extensive maritime knowledge that potentially exists among those in this room as the many boatsmen that we have in the church. But what I will say is this. When your vessel is at anchor, it's important to watch over it. There's many reasons for that. Making sure your boat doesn't drift away from its anchored point, potentially hitting or running aground or running into something else or someone. But the concept of the word watch is what stuck out to me. Because when we are at anchor, the concept of watching is just as important. So at the beginning of today, I made mention that I saw a boat anchored just off that pier that I was sitting in, if you remember that. I also said that the longer I sat out there, the more things about the boat I noticed. Because I was seeing it from multiple perspectives as it swung around its anchor point. Something that's actually called swinging range. When a boat moves in a circular padding around its anchor point, that's called swinging range. And so I realized that though it looked different than my original view of it, it was still the same boat. 
What had changed was my perspective of it. My watching of that boat at anchor produced a more complete picture of what was there as more of it was revealed to me. And so I wrote those thoughts down, and then I put myself in the shoes of someone who maybe was standing on that boat, looking towards the shore, looking at the pier. And I also thought someone standing in one point on that boat, looking this way, would see their destination in different perspectives as that boat moved around its swinging range. Tommy, what point are you trying to make? Well, I'm glad you asked. Hebrews 10, we're going to jump forward in the book, verses 19 through 25. And so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. By his death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him. For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean, and our bodies have been washed with pure water. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works, and let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Now, the writer of Hebrews later on in the book, here in chapter 10, makes this statement, and it further sums up everything I've been saying. Chapter 6, verse 19, made mention of an anchor. When we have to drop anchor, what is that anchor that we drop and then hold to? It's Jesus. It's Jesus. For those of you who may not have ever realized, that scripture's on the wall in our lobby. Jesus is the hope, and he is the anchor for our soul. Look, there are times when all is right with the world, and then it seems to be times where everything's gone, and all you have is Jesus. But whether we're high or whether we're low, whether the good or whether the bad, no matter where we find ourselves, he is always our hope. He is our anchor. And so the point of keeping anchor watch in a spiritual sense is for us personally, but also for those Christ has called us to love. Look, there's only one who sees all, and that's God. He has complete sight, not only over what things look like, but also what things actually are. Remember, he sees our hidden motives in our hearts. We said that before. But we are called to love. We're called to love God. We're called to love others. But we're not given complete sight. That is why we must watch. Because we can't see everything. We don't have complete sight. We don't have perfect perspective. Jesus told the disciples in the Garden of Gethsemane to watch and pray. You go read the Gospels. You'll find that account in all four of them. When he goes into the garden, he says, watch and pray. Even though they were in the presence of the very Son of God, they were still susceptible to weakness and failings and the devil taking advantage of that. You know why Jesus knew this? Because that had happened to him three years prior. Just before he launched out into his public ministry, he was called into the desert for 40 days and he fasted and prayed and the devil came against him and tempted him to drift away from his calling. But Jesus used the living word against the enemy, shut him down at every turn, and then finally just rebuked him and told him to get out of there. Why? Because though he was physically weak from not having eaten, he was spiritually strong because of the time that he had spent watching and praying. But if you read it in the passage of Luke, it says it this way. The devil had left him for a more opportune time. 
Our enemy is looking for any opportune time. Maybe we're tending to something and we're not watching like we should. He's going to look for an opportunity there. Jesus knew this. That's why he encouraged his disciples. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Watch and pray. The same call is made to us today. The Almighty is with us, church, and he will take care of us, but we must keep watch that we stay with him. Look, if you find yourself having to drop an anchor, depending on your circumstances, you may find yourself going around that swinging range. You know, and for a while, things were looking one way, and you're like, all right, maybe you're getting your footing, but now a little while later, they're looking different. The perspectives all of a sudden change, and you find yourself going, God, I'm trying I'm sitting here. I'm trying to do what you said. I'm, I'm trying to hear from you. I'm trying to attend to these things. But the current keeps coming, and everything around me keeps changing, and I'm not sure what to do. Let me encourage you today. Trust your anchor. Trust Jesus. Keep praying. Keep watching, and let God continue to reveal the whole picture, because he will. He will, church. He's true to his word. And this last point I want to make is we've also been called to love others. As scripture said before, we've been called to love others and to motivate one another. This means God wants us to also be there for others. If you see someone who's at anchor, watch and pray for them as well. You may see something in them that you always thought was one way, but as God has them in that swinging range, you realize he's given you a different perspective because none of us have the complete picture of what's going on. And so as you keep watch, God may give you perspective on how to pray for them or even still how to go to them and help and have them be able to pull that anchor up and get going again because the second thing I said to remember when you're at anchor is that it's only meant to be temporary because God hasn't called us to sit. He's called us to go. Would you stand with me? Lord, we're so appreciative for your word today. God, as we even uh, came out of worship and into the word, Lord, we were rejoicing exuberantly, God, clapping and saying hallelujah and giving you thanks, Lord, expressing our heart of gratitude for what you've done, Lord. And we said right now, God, in this moment, we thank you for your word. We thank you, God, that it's living and it's active. God, it speaks to us, it challenges us and encourages us. But more than that, it gives us life. And so I thank you for the word that you've spoken to us today. Lord, I thank you that you promised to be with us. It's not just some uh, cute-looking scripture on a wall or in a book, but it's true. It's living. Jesus, you are our hope. You are our anchor. You keep us steady when the world around us is shifting. You help us, God. And not only that, but, Lord, you give us the strength to keep watch. Lord, and give us that, um, that sight, Lord, to continue to look with your eyes, God, as we continue to watch and as we continue to pray. Lord, if there's anyone in this room that has found themselves today in a position of having to drop anchor and tend to something, and maybe they're feeling discouraged, God, I pray right now that you would just strengthen them. Lord, that you would give them the wisdom and show them, Lord, what they must tend to, what needs to be done. Because, God, it's not your desire for us to sit still and, Lord, to uh, go around in a swinging range of doubt or brokenness or confusion. But it's your heart, Lord, to bring light to us, to bring clarity, to bring truth to us, Lord, and then help us, God, as we hold on to Jesus. Lord, pull that back up, come out of that stopping position and continue moving forward in you. And so if there's anyone that's finding themselves going, God, I, I just feel like I've been anchored too long. God, I'm just sitting here and maybe I'm just going to stay. Lord, that you would encourage us today to not give in to that, to recognize that an anchoring point is only temporary. Lord, that you have put it within us, God. You put it within us to keep going, to keep going and to walk, Lord, to go, Lord, day 
and day, Lord, in you and with you and for you. Lord, I also ask that you would help us, Lord, as we watch and as we pray, Lord. If there's people that you bring into our lives, Father, that maybe find themselves at anchor, Lord, that we would continue to see, Lord, not with our minds, not with how our perspective is, not with what we are, but, Lord, with the perspective that you have. Lord, that as you bring and as you reveal more things to us, God, that we would see a greater picture. And, Lord, the things that you want us to do, how you want us to show that love to others. Because, God, we know that it is so amazing when that love is shown to us from your heart. We thank you, God, that you continue to show to us, God. You continue to reveal to us day after day, Lord, as we stay with you and say, you're my God, you're my hope, and I will trust in you all my days. And so, Lord, be with us as we go. We love you and we praise you. And it's in your name, Jesus, we ask all these things. Amen and amen. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram for encouragement in your walk with God and to receive updates on events happening at The Anchor. Have a great week and God bless.